Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, joined, as always, by my co-host, Trey Lyle. And we are very excited for another week of baseball talk as we get ever closer to the end of the 2021 Major League Baseball regular season. Heading towards the postseason, the wildcard races are heating up. The division races mostly settled. There's one or two that are still up in the air, but the wildcard races are where we're really paying attention as we head into the final couple of weeks of the regular season. A lot of tight races, a lot of teams still in contention, including Trey's favorite team that we're going to spend a majority of the time talking about today, the New York Yankees. Still holding on to that second wild card spot, just a game and a half above the Toronto Blue Jays. Still holding on, though. If the play, if the season ended today, they would make the playoffs, just barely. How are you feeling about that, Trey? How are you doing, and how are you feeling about your Yankees? Well, they're also a half game behind Boston for the first wild card. I think the bigger story is, hello, Toronto, like, finally showing some life and are, are getting super hot. And I think it's just a, this has been – it's like college basketball. It's a game of runs. But instead, it's a game of winning streaks. Like Boston's had one, the Yankees had a big one, and now Toronto's kind of in one. And so I think it's between those two, three, those three teams, and maybe Seattle. I mean, Seattle's got a puncher's chance at two and a half back, which is very unexpected, given uh, what we thought of this Seattle Mariners. But credit to them. Uh, so I think the bigger story is Toronto's playing really good baseball and the Yankees just offense, which has been the story all season continues to struggle. Yeah. Toronto has been playing really well. Their, their win over the Yankees on Wednesday night was their seventh win in a row. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Has been having a fantastic season. He hit his 41st home run of the year on Wednesday night. Uh, when he hit his 40th home run of the season earlier this week, that was actually a pretty significant milestone, uh, that, puts him and his dad, Vladimir Guerrero Sr., as one of only two father-son duos to both hit 40 home runs in a season. The other duo is Cecil and Prince Fielder. So that's a pretty significant milestone for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hitting 40 home runs this season. But yeah, the Blue Jays have been playing really well recently, and they are now just a game and a half out of that second American League wildcard spot. They're a team that I thought was going to contend this year, and they're living up to the hype because they made the playoffs last year, granted, it was expanded playoffs, so it was a little bit easier to make the postseason. But they have a really talented team with Guerrero, with Marcus Simeon coming in in the offseason. They signed George Springer in the offseason. Hinjin Ryu is great. Robbie Ray has been fantastic. I mean, he's in the American League Cy Young conversation. So a really talented team up there in Toronto, and I'm not surprised that they're in contention this late in the season. That American League East, it's a, it's a tough division. I mean, the Rays are obviously one of the best teams in baseball. You have the Yankees and the Red Sox currently occupying the two wild card spots, and then the Blue Jays right behind them. It's just the Orioles that are slacking in that division. But it's it's really close. It's a close race that American League wild card. I don't know the way the Yankees are playing right now. They've lost nine of their last eleven games. They're still holding on to that spot, but they need to do something to turn it around. Like like you said, that offense has not been playing well recently, and it's been an interesting season for the Yankees to me because. They just, they're just not consistent. They're, they go on a 13-game win streak, then they lose nine of their past 11 games. And that's kind of what it's been like all season. They get really hot, 
then they go really cold. And it's just been a roller coaster for them all season long, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I think will the Yankees and the Braves both eventually probably the, I think the Braves will win their division because they have the the gap enough in there and I I don't know what's going to happen with the Yankees. I lean their experience will get them over the hump just enough to make it in, but we'll see what happens. I think it's a three like I said earlier, three team race for that AL wildcard spot between three AL East teams and it's going to be interesting to see how the two wild card spots in both both leagues are shared by one division, so that or one division respective to their league, I should say. Yeah, taking a look at the National League wild card spot, of course, it's occupied by two National League West teams, the Dodgers and the Padres. That that race is uh, one of the few division races that is really close right now because the Giants and the Dodgers have been going back and forth recently. The they actually ended up uh, tied for first place or the, the Dodgers actually ended up taking first place last week. They overtook the Giants for just one day, I think, and then they ended up tied for first place the next day. Then they played a series against each other. The Giants ended up winning two out of three games that series. And so they took back first place from the Dodgers. And now they're currently two games ahead of Los Angeles. So that's the really close division race. The other one is the NL East, obviously the Braves holding on to a two-and-a-half game lead over the Phillies as of right now. I think they'll hold on to win the division, but it's it's close. Because the Phillies, I mean, no team in this NL East division is really good. But the Braves had a really good stretch in August. And they haven't been so hot recently. They played the Dodgers last week, got swept by them. Then they split a four-game series with the Rockies. I mean the Rockies are not a good team. You can't you can't afford to split a four game series with them. You got to at least win three out of those games. And now, as of the time we're recording this Thursday afternoon, the Braves play the Nationals Thursday night. They're at risk of losing a three game series to the Nationals. They they're one and one against them in this series right now. So they're not playing so hot. I think they'll still end up on top of this this division and make it to the postseason. But that, I don't I don't have any level of expectation for them in the playoffs because I don't think they're a real playoff caliber team. They're just on top of the worst division in baseball. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I, I don't have much hope in the – I think it's really a three-team race in the National League, maybe even a two-team race. San Diego's fallen off a little bit, a little due to injuries, but do, would it shock me they beat the Dodgers in a one-game wild card? Probably not. We'll see if the Reds can kind of sneak in there. But I think it's a two-team race in the National League, and I think it's a two-team race in the American League between Chicago and Tampa Bay. And so I think those are your four teams that will probably win it all. And I think the rest of the teams are too inconsistent to to kind of make it, like to, to compete in, in the postseason. I think the only team outside of, you know, San Francisco, L.A., Tampa and Chicago, the White Sox, I should say, that maybe has a shot as Milwaukee. And I just think Milwaukee plays in such a bad division. That's why they built such a big lead. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the Brewers have been playing really well recently. The, their division, like you said, is not great. Uh, the Reds are up there in contention for that wild card spot as well. They're a game behind the Padres right now. But the Brewers, they're, they're looking really good. I think they are a bit of an underdog. A lot of people are kind of 
not really thinking about them or talking about them that much when it comes to World Series contenders, but they've got a good team. I mean, their rotation is among the best in Major League Baseball this season. They're they're an underdog in the postseason, I think. I agree. I I, I completely agree. And um, but it, like I said, I, I we're getting down to the wire. It's it's postseason baseballs around the corner. Football's here. That means postseason baseball is almost here. So it's definitely an exciting time. So the Yankees not playing too well right now. Like we said, lost nine of their past 11 games. Still holding on to that wild card spot. But they did get something to celebrate this past week as Derek Jeter was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, part of the class of 2020. Him and Larry Walker, they did not get their induction ceremony last year due to the pandemic. And then, of course, no one was voted in for the class of 2021. So this summer's induction ceremony was just... Derek Jeter and Larry Walker and Ted Simmons, who was voted in by the Veterans Committee. But a, a really cool moment for Derek Jeter. Obviously, one of the best careers any baseball player has ever had. I don't know where all these people come from in the past couple of years saying that Derek Jeter is overrated, that he's not that great of a player. He's a fantastic player. He had a fantastic career. Really cool moment seeing him get enshrined into Cooperstown. I don't know if you got to watch any of it, but you being a lifelong Yankees fan, Derek Jeter being like your idol growing up. What were your your thoughts, your feelings on Wednesday seeing him get inducted? It was weird. It's one of the first times like a player like I I loved got into the Hall of Fame. Like him, Dale Earnhardt Jr. All are about to be like Dale Earnhardt Jr. Has the same case in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He's about to be enshrined. Granted, he he's about to race again this weekend, which is I will be at the Richmond race. Knock on wood. Um, but he, he doesn't race full-time, obviously, and he's about to be – so, like, it's definitely – it's these first times, like, I feel like my childhood is kind of, like, I'm reflecting at it with Derek Jeter. Like, I remember imitating Derek Jeter when I play Little League and try to be, you know, do the iconic throw from – jump throw from shortstop. Granted, I couldn't do it as well, but that, <laughs> that that's, that's kind of how I felt. It was very nostalgic. And to me, he, he was the face of the league – for a decade basically like he was the man the face of the league he played the most iconic role for the most iconic franchise maybe in all of sports and he did he was phenomenal he was clutch i mean it felt like anytime you needed a big hit and Derek jeter was that bat he would get you that hit i mean you don't just go up and hit three thousand get three thousand hits for being a, a bad baseball player like and defensively, he was great. And so, to me, one of the best shortstops ever. I think he belongs in the conversation for the greatest Yankee ever. I don't know if he is or not because that's such an iconic franchise, but he belongs in that argument. And he he's, he's one of the best winners in the history of the league. So, I, I don't get this. People we, don't know stuff. We had this debate a, a couple of years ago on the podcast because – you know, with, with advanced analytics and defensive metrics and all this stuff, there is an argument that Derek Jeter was not actually that great of a defensive player. Just watch the games. I, I know, I know. I'm just saying when people, you know, people develop these new advanced metrics and they they say that Derek Jeter was not that great, but he, he was a fantastic player. And you and I had this debate a couple of years ago on the podcast about, I think, whose career would you rather have? Albert Pujols or Derek Jeter. And I, I think I think 
I was just playing devil's advocate at the time, and I was saying Albert Pujols, and you were you were getting on me saying there's no way you'd rather be the first baseman for the Cardinals rather than the shortstop for the Yankees, win five World Series championships, make, what, 14 all-star teams, 3,000 hits. After thinking about it, yeah, I mean, there is, like, who would not want Derek Jeter's career? Even if... Even if, it's one of the greatest careers in the history of sports. Exactly. Like, both from a on-the-field view and, like, a celebrity view. Like, this guy was a star. Like, everyone knew who Derek Jeter was. Like, you could argue Derek Jeter, maybe A-Rod, are the last two, like, crossover stars baseball had. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, non-baseball I mean, yeah. fans know who Derek Jeter is. I mean, they're, Compared they're to, both... I bet you if I asked and non-baseball fan who Mike Trout is they wouldn't know I think playing in New York being on those winning Yankee teams that definitely played a huge part in it and that they were more than just baseball players they were celebrities they were pop culture figures big big figures in American culture so yeah I I think I would agree with that um yeah I I don't know who wouldn't want to have Derek Jeter's career so really cool seeing him get inducted into the baseball hall of fame glad that they got to have their induction ceremony after having it postponed last summer due to the pandemic now with Derek jeter in the hall of fame i was just gonna say let's shout out to larry walker oh well yeah larry, yeah i can't forget keeping him. the trend up and wearing the spongebob pin after wearing the spongebob <laughs> shirt when he got inducted so shout out to that yeah that was great that was great uh, you know he was on the ballot for a long time too so it was cool to see him finally get voted in in 2020 and then get his moment at the hall of fame on wednesday that was really cool and ted simmons ted simmons who had to wait so long he's in his 70s now had to wait so long for his moment to get enshrined into cooperstown really cool to see all three of those guys go in now with all that wrapped up let's take a look at the 2022 hall of fame ballot and some notable names that could be going into cooperstown next year including that yankee star that we just mentioned Alex Rodriguez, who will be making his first appearance on the Hall of Fame ballot next season. I don't think he gets in first ballot, at least. I think I have just a shot at getting the Baseball Hall of Fame next year that (laughs) Alex Rodriguez does. I I think there's no way he makes it on his first ballot. Maybe, maybe later on, but not on the first ballot. I mean, do I think A-Rod's a Hall of Famer? Yes. Do I hate this kind of close-mindedness that it comes to the hall of fame writers uh yes and we've been on about this you know me the hall of fame part of it is telling the history of the game and you can't tell the history of the game without certain players that won't be in there and i'll just leave it at that yeah i i mean he he was a great player great talent but the the peds I think are going to keep him out at least for next year. Great documentary, Screwball. It's on Netflix. Uh, highly recommended about the second A-Rod scandal. So, and Tony Bosch. It's it's really good. It's old. It's a couple years old now, but it's still really good. Now, Just as a side note. Yeah, I, I, I've been meaning to watch that for a while, actually. I don't know why I haven't ever watched it. Highly recommended. He has, like, the characters in the story played by kids. So A-Rod's a kid, like, played by a kid. It's actually pretty funny. All right, I'll have to add it to the list. Uh, So I found this article from Bleacher Report that has everyone that's going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot next season or next next year. And they have them sorted by how how Bleacher Report thinks that 
it'll go down. So they have a list of players that they think are going to be one and dones, players that they think will not get enough votes to even stay on the ballot for the next year. Now, you have to get at least 5% of the vote to stay on the ballot for the next year. So these players, Bleacher Report does not think will get 5% of the vote. Some of them I got to disagree with, like Ryan Howard, former first baseman for the Phillies. He's got to get at least 5%, right? I mean, he was such a good player in his prime. I mean, he was he was the fastest player to reach 100 and 200 home runs. He won an MVP. He won a World Series with the Phillies. He had, he had, let's see, six years in a row with at least 30 home runs, four years in a row in his prime with at least 45 home runs, including 2006 when he hit 58 and won the MVP that year. He led the league. That full off is huge. It is. It definitely is because he went from, he went from 33 home runs in 2011 to 14 in 2012, and he never hit more than 25 again after that. So. He definitely did fall off, but the I, I mean, I don't think he's going to make it into the Hall of Fame, but he's got to get at least 5%. We'll see. I hope I hope he does. I mean, I think he's worthy of at least 5%, but we'll see what happens. Tim Lincecum, the former pitcher for the San Francisco the Giants. The freaky franchise. I mean. That old Sports Center commercial. <laughs> 5% of the vote. But you think about it. He, he got popped for PEDs, I'm pretty sure. It's on my head. I know he got suspended once. And he had, what, three, four years of success? Like, high-end success? He, That's the hard part. Yeah, I mean... It wasn't sustained. A four-time All-Star, two-time Cy Young winner, three-time strikeout leader, pitched two no-hitters, and three World Series championships, which I know, obviously, that's a team accomplishment, but still... Two Cy Young Awards and two no-hitters. Ah, that's a tough one. That's tough. I think he'll stay on the ballot at least past next year. And then last one uh, that I'm going to ask you. In the one- AJ Pruszynski. AJ Pruszynski. Well, that's not, not who I was going to go just with. Just kidding. <laughs> I know. I was just kidding. Last one that I want your opinion on. Prince Fielder. Is he a one-and-done candidate? His in was so bad. It was, and it was and, really sad. And and his steroids again, another steroid guy. He never used steroids. I'm pretty sure he got suspended once for steroids. Did he? Uh, I mean, it's it's a. I would say it's a quality guess. I don't think so. Okay, then not a steroid. But the debate is: is the peak? long enough to be Hall of Fame work. That's basically the argument with these three. And I could see an argument where people say it wasn't. But I also can see an argument where I say it was. And so uh, it just depends. Eight straight seasons with 25 or more home runs. He hit 50 in 2007. 46 in 2009. He led the league in home runs once, led the league in RBIs once. He's a six-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger. I, I, You know, thinking about his career, it is really sad the way it ended. 
I mean, that contract, that huge contract in Detroit didn't work out. They send him to Texas, and then he has the neck injury, and he's forced to retire. It was just a really sad way to end his career. We wish that, I mean, I wish that he could have kept playing because he, he, he was a fun player to watch. He was. And my fear, my fear is as we get into this, I think it might be another empty class next year. But we'll get to it. We'll get to the rest. I, I hope not. So those are some. Of I the... hope not either, because I think we'll talk about a couple. Like, there's one newcomer that I think should get in because he's, despite the team he played for, one of the most clutch hitters of all time, and I think two of the best play- top ten players ever should be in, despite their whatever, and and then our clutch pitcher as well, despite his political views. But. So let's get to this format. Those those are probably, you know, Mark Teixeira, Jimmy Rollins are a couple of the newcomers outside of A-Rod and obviously David Ortiz, who I was referring to. Um, I think they'll, they won't get in, but I think they'll hover around 40%, 35%, 40% of the vote, which is what Bleacher Report says. I mean, really good players. They've won World Series, but I don't think they eclipse that next kind of level. And you, I think they're definitely not first ballot Hall of Famers. I think David. Wait, hold on. Who who are you talking about right now? We're talking about Jimmy Rollins and Mark Teixeira. Oh, Rollins and Teixeira. Yeah, I think they fall in the same category. Yeah, I, I was I, just listening to the newcomers. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think either of them get in next year. I don't know that either of them get in at all. You know, they had great careers, and they were they were like the, you know, the faces of their. Well, Teixeira was never really the face of the Yankees, but he was a really good player on the Yankees. Rollins was the face of the Phillies for a while. So they had really good careers. I think they'll stay on the ballot. They'll get, yeah, probably around 30% of the vote. I don't see them getting in. I agree. Moving on. All right, so we talked about A-Rod. David Ortiz. So obviously DH only have started to get in. Uh, A big, big boast, I guess. Edgar Martinez getting in kind of opened the door for, for David Ortiz. Um, do you think Big Poppy, who is was phenomenal, he is splits in, in his, his 85 home, uh, playoff games, 289, 404, 543. Uh, ALS MVP, World Series MVP. Um, there is a matter of a positive PED test in 2003. So, do you think David Ortiz gets into the Hall of Fame? I think first ballot. Yes, I think he does. I As think a first ballot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a fantastic career. He's one of the best designated hitters to ever play the game. Maybe the best. Yeah, I mean, it's either him or Martinez. So I think that he gets in. The only thing that could hurt him is that reported PED test from 2003. But that's not. I mean. He's not one of the guys that everyone's like, he definitely took PEDs. He's like, maybe he did, don't really know, can't really tell. I think that that's not going to keep him off or keep him out of the Hall of Fame. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Especially when you look at his postseason success. Again, like I said, the magic number, 75% to get in. So... 
Bleacher Report projects him at 55% of the vote. So that's interesting. All right, so a couple major holdovers. Uh, I think we should categorize these. Uh, let's go with Bonds and Schilling. Now, I think I think we're on the opposite side of this. I think Bonds and – not Bonds and Schilling, Bonds and Clements. Got my Red Sox pitchers mixed up. Bonds and Sh- uh, Kurt Schilling. Not, I did it again, <laughs> Roger Clements. Two of the most connected to PEDs in the history of the sport. Do you think they get in? Their final attempt? No, I don't. Regardless, I agree. Regardless of, I hate it. Regardless of whether I think they should or not, which you don't. I don't think they should, but I also. I think they should. I don't think they will because I just don't think the voters are ready to put them in yet. Now, twenty years from now, when they're being looked at by the veterans committee and or you know whatever committee they call it now, yeah, they'll get in. But on their tenth year on the regular ballot, no, they're not going to get in. It is dumb to me that the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame will not have two of the top three players of all time in it after this year. Probably two of the top three players of all time will not be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Name another sport that has that, that doesn't have an active player. Actually, all three other major sports have an active player that's a top three player of all time. Even baseball, kind of, would trout, but... But you get my point. Like, yeah. Rose, for obviously a different reason, but Bonds are both not in the Hall of Fame, and they're two of the top four players of all time. But I agree. I don't think they're getting in, and I hate this kind of old guard that that's here because, again, tell the story of baseball without Barry Bonds and Roger Clements. You can't. Same thing with Mark Wire and Sammy Sosa. Like, like – Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa saved baseball in the 90s, and and they're not going to be in the Hall of Fame. And I don't care. Like, to me, steroids is part of the game. Like, literally, if baseball wasn't – baseball just didn't it, – it's not their fault baseball didn't handle it right. Like, they're, they're going to take every advantage they can. So – They'll get in one day thing. on the Veterans Committee. All, it'll all be fine. They'll get, we'll see. They'll get in one day. Uh, do you think quickly? Do you think Scott Rowland gets in? He's been hovering around. Uh, he had fifty two point nine percent last year, uh, a seventy point one WAR, wins above replacement in his seventeen seasons. Only fifteen uh, players um, who played primary third base are currently enshrined. So interesting. He's had some big increases uh, in his voting recently, going from seventeen percent in twenty nineteen. To thirty-five percent in twenty twenty to fifty-two percent in twenty twenty-one. So I think it's possible. By the way, he's eighth all time in WAR at third base at seventy and a half. Or, or actually, Ron Santo uh, is is could be on the Veterans Committee. Go through the Veterans Committee, and then it's Scott Rowland at seventy point one. Seven-time All Star, eight-time Gold Glove, a one twenty-two OPS, third three hundred sixteen home runs, twelve hundred RBIs. Two-way star, and so they say 70%. Do you think he gets in? Yeah, I think I think he'll get in. I think the the way he's been trending in recent years, I think he'll jump up enough and he'll be able to make it into the into the Hall of Fame on next year's ballot. The last one, and, and to be frank, the reason why this guy is probably not in right now is because of his 
um, controversy off the field with how he became a media member and then everything he's kind of said, his political sayings and whatever you want to, however you want to be, that it, it's part of, again, why some of this is a joke in terms of just, you know, the pompous arrogance that comes from this voting process. And so, Kurt Schilling, yes or no? No, I. I mean, this is this is a case where I they think, think he should. So. Bleach Report thinks. So. Yeah, they think. Actually, they think he will. I think he should. They think get he'll in. be the only one to get in. I think he should get in, but I don't think he will. I think you know, you look at what they did on the field. He's he earned it on the field. He should get in. I'm gonna go bold here. I think no one gets in. No one. I. I think Ortiz is held back a year. And I think the Roland's got the best shot, probably, I think, him or Schilling. Um, and I don't think they get in. And so it, it sucks. I and mean, it just proves once again this Hall of Fame's a joke. It's happened and, it happened this year, so I and then then we'll get on here and we'll rant about how the baseball writers are dumb and they need a actually put people in the Hall of Fame. That'll be two years in a row that there's not a Hall of Fame class. I could see it. It's possible. I could see it. So, All right. Um, real quick. This weekend, as many of you probably already know, is the 20th anniversary of the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks. Baseball obviously played a big role in healing the nation after that. The first game back, Mike Piazza hitting a home run. Uh, that was just a, a huge moment for baseball, for our country. And then later that year in the World Series, President George W. Bush throwing out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. If you've never watched the 30 for 30 documentary on that night, I highly encourage that you watch it. It is a very moving, regardless of your politics, regardless of what you think of George W. Bush, that is a very moving and emotional documentary. So I would highly recommend you watch that. Uh, in honor of the 20th anniversary of the attacks, the Yankees and Mets, who are playing each other this weekend, they will be wearing first responder caps, so FDNY and NYPD caps on the field, uh, something I think is really cool, really cool to see them do. So glad they're letting them do that because I know in past years they've tried to do it, and I don't know if it was the Mets management or MLB that didn't let them, but this year they're letting them do it. So I think it's really cool to see them wear those caps on the field. I agree. Uh, I'm. I'm. Ex it's. I don't want to say I'm excited by this because of what the tragedy is, but I think it was good scheduling on Major League Baseball's part to play the Subway Series this weekend, and it's going to be intense games. I mean, these are both teams fighting for playoff spots, so uh, should be a great series. Um, I mean, every sports league that's playing this weekend is doing some tribute to it. A lot of military appreciations this weekend through college teams. Um, Navy and Air Force are playing this weekend in college football. And then obviously, you know, September 12th, you kick off um, the football season. So definitely a good thing uh, that they, they did this matchup this weekend and kind of uh, a good moment for the city of New York. So strongly encourage you all to watch that documentary about George Bush's first pitch at the World Series. Watch the Yankees and the Mets play their series this weekend. Maybe take some time. Reflect on the past 20 years and where we are as a country, where we were that day and then in the days following and how we got from 
where we were then to where we are now. Some deep stuff to reflect and think about. Let's end on a little bit of a lighter note. Trey, you said you were going to the race in Richmond this week. I'm a little jealous of you, but uh, any big plans heading out to the race? What are you going to do? Who are you going to be with? I'm covering the race for Fastlane Edlund. So nice, follow me at nice. Lyle VT and uh, our station, the Fastlane. Make sure you listen to the Fastlane 5 to 6 on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app if you're in Lynchburg, 93.3 FM, but most of you probably are not. So uh, listen to us on the app. We talk – we don't talk much baseball, but – other we we uh we have some fun so definitely listen to us and uh gonna be an exciting weekend what are you up to man i am actually having my bachelor party this weekend me and my friends heading out to nelson county getting a cabin uh really close to devil's backbone pretty much walking distance to devil's backbone so we'll be hanging out in the cabin for the weekend going hiking going to some breweries so should be a fun relaxing weekend i'm looking forward to it <clears throat> Yes. Wow. Wow. Hey, you're busy. Okay. You're covering a race. You're covering a race. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't get invited at all. Like You're invited to the wedding. You're invited to the wedding. Yeah, but I thought we were friends, man. We are friends. We are friends. You knew I I'd be the life of that party. That see, that's why I couldn't I didn't, that's why I couldn't invite you. I didn't want, didn't want you to put everyone else to shame. They would feel like they can't live up to the excitement that you bring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little <laughs> offended as we in this podcast. Ooh. Thanks. So if you think there's going to be another Foul Ball Area podcast, make sure you uh, subscribe and, and give us a review. Love to hear your feedback. You can also follow us at MacInst21, at TreyLyleVT, at Foul Ball Area, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like I said, leave us a subscription and a, a, uh, a review if you think there might not be another one after that bombshell Matt liked to drop on me at the end. I thought we were closer than this. Oh man! You know, you share a podcast, you you talk about baseball, you talk about your love of beer, and you just be like, and you live closer than him to Nelson County, and you're like, I live like 20 minutes to Nelson County. So yeah, that's true. And you just yeah. drop the bomb on me. So for that, for Matt and Trey, maybe the final time. Have a good evening, folks, or an afternoon or morning, whenever you're listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.